good. If you have your Bibles, I want to read out of 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And you know, Paul says, I'll make my boast in the Lord. There's a lot of boasting, a lot of talking. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the airwaves and here in the atmosphere. But we ought to, we ought to be shining. This, this building ought to be on fire this morning with a body who's glorifying and exalting in the name of Jesus. And I've just got to read out again 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 15. It talks about in verse, 1 Timothy 6, verse 15, which he will manifest in his own time. He's in control in his own time. He's got his timings. He's got his seasons. And in his own time, he's going to manifest. And it says, he who is the blessed and the only potent, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has ever seen or can see, whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen and amen. How many of you know that he has all the power and all the might? He has the keys of the kingdom. And you know, there's someone told me here lately, and you can see it. There's this new movie that's come out. And uh, they, they have all these movies that come out to try to just spit upon the name, spit upon the name, spit upon the word, spit upon the blood, spit upon the church. They come just to mock. These movies come out and someone says, you know, they got this new movie by this atheist guy on TV. And oh, it's just a shame. But I want to tell you something. I remember... Remember, there was a movie called Jesus Christ Superstar. They tried to make Jesus look like a homosexual. They tried to look, make him look like an adulterer. They tried to say in the Venici Code that he was this and he was that, had this and he had that. They come out year after year with another movie trying to show the, how human and weak our Jesus is. And they come out with movies like The Exorcist and other things to try to exalt how strong and how powerful that the devils are. But I want you to know that over the years... The movies come and the movies go, but he remains upon his throne and he remains on high, King of kings and Lord of lords. And it says in the book, in book of Psalms, that he sits upon his throne with his scepter and he just laughs. He says, oh, you just think you're making a mockery out of me. You just think you're promoting atheism. You just think that after death, that's it and there's nothing more. But oh, you're going to find out if you don't get shaken now and you don't get stirred now, you're going to get burned in the future because there is is an everlasting eternal, whether it's heaven or whether it's hell. And He's the God who sits upon the throne. So whether these kings come and men try to belittle the power in the name of Jesus, no man ever put Him. No man made Him. He's not an idol that a man made. He's not an idol or something put together by man. You, An imagination can't even put our God together. He's beyond finding out. How can they say, if there is a God, explain Him to me. Well, i got something to ask you. I don't care how how long you been married? Can you explain your wife? You could be married 52 years and somebody say, what's your wife like? How can you explain something you didn't make and you have no control over? I mean, I don't, I mean, I got some control over my wife. I don't mean like that, but watch. <laughs> yeah, baby, I got some control. Look, she, I, she's got my wallet. I don't even have my wallet this morning. But listen to me. They say, explain him to me. He's in approachable light. I, I can't explain him because 
I've been serving him for 30-something years since 1969. And I love him, and I cherish his word, but I can't even explain all about him. I've just begun to get to know a little bit about him. I mean, he is just beyond human knowledge and human knowing. How can you explain somebody? Look with me. Jesus prayed this in Daniel chapter 7. I'm going to go ahead and preach to you since I got your attention. Daniel chapter 7. Let me just give this to you. Daniel chapter 7. Jesus prayed this in the prayer when he was saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, because you know what? I'm just so sick and tired, you know, of all this stuff that rises up. Try to belittle Christ. Try to belittle his birth. Try to, the scientists have gotten together. If you've never seen that movie expelled yet, they try to just explain away that the word of God and Jesus and the, ner- and the manger is nothing but fairy tales. But, oh, it ain't a fairy tale. If you've only experienced him, you know inside, there's something inside of you that find that the economics and the plagues and the diseases and the war can't be shaken. There's an anchor that holds tight on the inside that doesn't cause you to slip. There's something on the inside that when men say, "How can explain him to me? If he's real, where is he? I can't explain everything about him. I'll tell you what I know, but I can tell you this. I know what happened when he came into my life and he saved my soul. I know what I was and I know what I've been and I know what I'm going to be. I've experienced his presence when I was at a funeral. I experienced his presence when I wasn't given any hope. I experienced his presence when I got down on my knees and I prayed and instead of spending my time listening to men who try in their futile attempts to try to just make everything sound like something can be explained by man I thank God I've got a God who cannot be fully known by man that he cannot be totally understood he cannot be totally explained he's too big he's too wide he's too magnificent he's too awesome he's too mighty there are no words in any language there is no lifetime that can explain who my my God is. And it says in Daniel chapter 7 verse 13, I was watching in the night visions and behold one, capital O, like the Son of Man, capital S and capital M, coming with the clouds of heaven. And he came to the Ancient of Days and he, they brought him near before him. And, they, and then to him was given dominion. Somebody shout out dominion and glory. Somebody shout out glory and a kingdom. Somebody shout out a kingdom. That all the peoples, nations, and languages should serve Him. His dominion is a everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed. No matter what new movie, no matter what new science, no matter what new thing they try to come up with, He is an eternal God. And His dominion and His power is His eternal pen, uh, dominion and power. And it says in Psalms 93 too, Your throne is established from old and you are from everlasting. Lamentations 5.19 You, O Lord, remain forever and your throne from generation to generation. Luke one thirty three. His kingdom, there shall be no end. Isaiah 40.28 Have you not heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak and he never grows weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. I want you to know that's the God we worship and that's the God we praise. He's a God from the morning. He's a God to the sunset. So I don't care. I don't care what Darwin or anybody else ever said. Because if you listen to the scientists and you listen to the men in Washington and everywhere else, they'll still say there's still some things that don't make sense. Something had to start the sale in the beginning. 
They don't know what they're talking about because you can't put God in a science tube. And you can't put God in a little box, whatever you're going through. He's an everlasting dominion. His kingdom of healing and his kingdom of power. His kingdom of might has no end. He holds the keys and no one can take those keys from his hands. He opens doors that no man can close and he closes doors no man can shut. The world and the nations can gather together and they can try to belittle and mock. Hollywood can do its best in raising its stars up. But there's a star that rose because the star who thought he was something fell like lightning the little finger of God called Satan. He was the star and he thought he was it, but he fell under the power of God to this earth cursed forever because there's only one star of the morning and that's Jesus Christ. He's the bright and morning star. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. So don't you listen to man or woman and don't you listen to position and mindsets because you cannot explain God. But I tell you what, if you know him, nobody can explain him away either. Nobody can explain, explain away the power of the cross and the power of the blood and the beauty of the Holy Ghost. Nobody can explain that away. It is real. And if it has not been made too real to you and there has been questions arise in your mind, then he does challenge you. To challenge him to manifest himself in your life so that you can come to know the king, immortal, invincible, the only true God. They can call other men Messiah, and I'm putting it on the sign this week. You can use that title, but that title only belongs to one person, and that's Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can redeem forever. He's the only one who gave his life to redeem mankind. And the title gods and the title God goddesses and the title Messiah and all the other titles that they use, it's holy. It's holy. And he says, I will not share my glory and he will not share his titles with men. I will not bow my knee to the playing around of men and what's politically correct, but I will bow my knee to the throne of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I will decree that he is my Lord and he is my only Messiah, the only one who was able to put my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. He said, there is only one way and it is Jesus Christ. Wide is the gate, straight is the way, narrow is the way to enter in. I don't care what man or what person may say, I say Jesus. He is the Son of God, the everlasting, the Prince of Peace, the mighty. He's the captain of the armies of the Lord. I will stand before him. You will stand before him. And every eye will see and every tongue will confess. He, Jesus Christ, is Lord. Can we give him another praise this morning? Can we give him another praise this morning? Come on, he deserves all the glory and all the praise. Ushers, would you come forward? Ushers, would you come forward? Oh, come on, praise. Just keep praising him. Jesus. Jesus. It's all about Jesus. We exalt you, Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. You're awesome and worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Love him this morning. Isn't he wonderful? Hallelujah. I want to encourage you, ladies. Don't forget this Thursday is uh, ladies' mentoring. Tuesday's intercession. Wednesday's discipleship and Thursday's woman's uh, this um, mentoring, and then uh, don't forget the fall. This coming Monday, 
not this coming Monday, I'm sorry, but the other, the Monday before election, we're having an all-night prayer meeting from 6 in the evening till 6 in the morning. And if you can't come for the whole time, that's understandable. We're going to be praying over the elections. But uh, some of us is going to be here all night. But if you can just come for an hour or whatever time, Lord waits you for two or three like he does sometimes. And you say, I wonder what I ought to do. We'll come to church. We'll be here. And then uh, I got a letter from the First Baptist Church here in Pineville, and they're starting a prayer meeting from 7 in the morning till 7 in the afternoon. So it's just amazing how Monday and Tuesday is going to be a, uh, all prayer. And so we just believe God is going to move in a mighty way. Amen. Hallelujah. Also, uh, don't forget to be looking at the calendar. Uh, next month we're going to be having a men's meeting. Uh, on, I think the second Friday of next month we're going to be having a men's meeting, a tailgate party, and then get together. And then uh, also, the first Monday of every month, we have Lord's Supper. And the second Monday of uh, November, we're going to be receiving new members. We have them come up here, and we bless them and receive them. So we want to start doing that because a lot of people say, what do we have to do to join the church? Well, just come up here, and we'll stone you. <laughs> and if you're alive, uh, then you're a member. Hallelujah. But no, that's not true. Uh, just, just, just come, and we're part of it. Pastor, I have to interrupt you oh. there. <laughs> I wanted you to... Keep going with your train of thought there, but Thank Sister you. Cindy, would, Sister Cindy, would you come on up here? We want to just acknowledge you guys and just uh, show our appreciation one more time. This is the last Sunday for Pastors Appreciation Sunday, and uh, you know, so you guys, you have one more week to show your gesture of appreciation to Pastor this week if you'd like to. But uh, I know a lot of you sign these cards, and uh, today we want to present. Some cards. We've got several cards because it's from the whole church today. Uh-huh. And uh, on behalf of the whole congregation, we just want to say how much we appreciate y'all. We love you guys. Um, you know, the, uh, the protectiveness that you guys display over the congregation, over, our, over the sheep here, uh, you know, it, 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 there's no comparison, and uh, it's second to none. I mean, just the way you guys love these sheep and and go out of your way i know that um y'all have a life i know you have a life but (laughs) but i know that a majority of your life i know the majority of your life is spent focused on this body focused on this area and reaching this area and reaching these people and uh um you know i was just thinking the other day i was thinking to myself what is pastor's hobby Because uh, I know how much you I know how much you pour into this body, and you're not out on the golf course, and you're not out fishing and doing all those things because you, your family comes first, and this fam this church family comes second. I know it does, and so we love you, we appreciate you, and just let's just give him one more hand. Yes. Speech. See, she doesn't control me. I just want to thank you so much that uh, all your gifts and prayers. and yes. It's a joy to be able to minister to you, to sow into your life. And our goal is to please the Lord. And by pleasing God, we serve you and yeah. help you uh, with your issues, help you pray through what you need to pray through and we want to see you healthy in mind, body, and soul, and yes. we work hard to achieve that, and it's all for God's glory. But we appreciate you, and we thank you. 
Amen. Hallelujah. You can have that. Thank you for everything. Thank you for loving us and our children. We appreciate that so much. If you have your Bibles, let's go to the book of Ezra. If you weren't here last week, I'd encourage you to listen to it on the web or get the cassette, the CD. Uh, Both are available in the sound room back there. But I want to share something with you. It's just so strong in my heart. In Ezra chapter 3, verse 10, and I believe it has a lot to do, just like in other weeks, where we are today. Thank God. God knows where we are, and He wants us to know where He is. Amen. So I want you to see here, in Ezra chapter 3, verse 10. Ezra. And I know I pulled a few on you last week, but don't forget, there's no condemnation for those who use the index. So go ahead and look it up if you have to. What number? My Bible is number 1,084. Ezra chapter 3, verse 10. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites and the sons of Aspah and the cymbals to praise the Lord according to the ordinance of David, the king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for He is good and for His mercy endures forever towards Israel. Then all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But, verse 12, many of the priests and the Levites and heads of the fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice when the foundation of this temple was laid before their eyes. Yes, many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy for the noise of the weeping of the people For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the sound was heard afar off. What I want to share with you today was, you know, many of these had been alive for the dedication of Solomon's temple. Many of these had seen, you know, when Solomon built his temple, Brother Brett and I was talking the other day about this, all the stones were made perfectly outside the town, so there was no noise made in Jerusalem when they were building the temple. Every stone was just perfect. The nails were a pound and a half of gold, each nail. The Holy of Holies was over, uh, I forgot, like 300 uh, pounds of gold, which now would be over $4 billion of gold just in the Holy of Holies. There were 12 oxen built, covered with gold that held the basin. And the temple was just so awesome. And they went and they went to dedicate it. The priests couldn't stand in the presence of the Lord because of the glory that came and filled that temple. And when they were through sacrificing, the presence of God came down and fire came and consumed the sacrifice. Not with man's help. God just sent fire and consumed the sacrifice. And it was just the most awesome time. And it says here that as they were rebuilding the temple, now they had been in captivity 70 years. And all of Jerusalem had been burnt, and the the temple had been burnt. So the stones that they used to rebuild the temple were burnt stones. And as everybody was there, the young men were all excited, praising God because the temple's being rebuilt. The ones who saw the original temple remembered all the gold, all the wood, all the craftsmanship in this most beautiful temple, the glory of God, the presence of God, and they began to weep. They begin to think of the latter days are greater than the present. The good old times. And this is not a message against the elderly, so please understand that right away. This is not a message about the, against the elderly because we could get into how God uses. He's done so many awesome things when men turn 70 and more and, and all that. What I'm saying is that many times 
We're so busy looking at the present circumstances or the past, we can't see our future. And God is getting ready to send a word through the prophet Haggai that you, keep, you can't compare the present temple to the old temple. Yeah, sure, it's full of burnt stones and the, 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 the mortar. You, you got, you're putting plaster over the cracks of the temple and it doesn't have the gold and the silver. But God comes in and says, but wait a minute, I own the gold and the silver. God comes in, he starts prophesying and saying, wait a minute, you're looking for the temple to be filled with my glory. But you've got to understand that they put me behind a tent where I want to dwell among my people. You've got to understand the temple I'm, build, I'm going to build is a greater than Solomon's going to be in that temple. So don't get all depressed and down because you're waiting for the good old days. And you know, it's so easy about the things we're hearing now to start getting discouraged. People are in debt. People don't know how they're going to be paying their bills. We hear about we maybe people are bringing up the depression times again, recession, bank holidays. People are bringing up and you hear of all the negative things that are going on. And people, it's so easy to start thinking, well, you know, will we ever see America like America once was? Will we ever be strong again? And if we're not careful, we'll start weeping over the present circumstances when God wants to reveal to us, I'm the God of the new. You know, there's a saying that goes that the negative person is a person that seems to be seasick all of their life. I mean, they can't ever get above it. And, you know, I heard a story about a couple who were celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. And he got up and he says, I'd like to say something to my darling wife. He says, honey, after 50 years, you're tried and true. And she was a little hard of hearing, so she goes, what was that? He goes, Honey, after 50 years, you're tried and true. And she goes, after 50 years, I'm tired of you too. (laughs) And you know, it's amazing how quickly we just respond to the negative realm. You know, it's it's just so, it's it's like, uh, you know, this pastor, he had a board meeting and one of his elders didn't show up, so he ran into him at the store. He says, hey, boy, we missed you at the board meeting. He says, well, I missed it too. I was so looking forward to vote no. <laughs> and then there was the other, uh, other thing I was reading about pessimism that it talked about. This, these two farmers lived by each other. And the one farmer, he'd come out and get on his tractor and he was going, boy, God gave us this sunshine today. It's so beautiful. And the other goes, yep, it's going to starch the corn too. Next day he came out and it was raining. He was saying, God is so good. He gave us this, this rain to soak our, our crops. And he says, yeah, I'm sure we're going to end up with a flood and everything's going to be destroyed. And he kept on trying just to encourage his other farmer. He says, man, when's it going to change? And he says, I know what I'll do. I'll take them duck hunting because I got this special dog. So they got in this boat and they went out on the lake and they were duck hunting. And he, he had this dog and he started shooting these ducks. And then he says, okay, now's the time. So he told, he told his dog to go get the ducks. The dog jumped out of the boat and started walking on the water. And he walked on the water, grabbed the duck, brought the duck back, and went back. The whole time walking on the water, grabbing the duck, bringing it back to the boat. And finally, the the, uh, positive guy says, well, what do you think about that? He says, you can't teach your dog to swim. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter many times how much, how much, 
you try to encourage somebody, or, or you try to look on the positive side, it's so easy to start looking back and say, well, you know, I just remember the good old days. You know, I just remember, you know, when, when we could just get all the credit cards and we can raise them up to $17,000. And I remember when we could just get all the credit for the house that we know we couldn't afford, but we always dreamed of. And I remember, you know, when I could just go ahead and buy my kids cell phones and all my kids had a cell phone and everything was just great. How many of you know what we're going through may be what we need? I got two teenage boys. They don't have cell phones, and they ask me all the time. I said, no, that's why your friends got cell phones. I was thinking about the teenagers. They love scavenger hunts. They go all over town looking for stuff. Well, I got a new scavenger hunt. Send them to find pay phones. That's a scavenger hunt nowadays. And, and, and you know, my, my Tahoe's an 05. I don't have a, a brand new vehicle, but the thing is just getting new vehicles all the time, all the time, all the time. And my tires almost got 50,000 miles. And, and uh, you know, I was, we hydroplaned in uh, Dallas, and I knew it's almost time. I need to go ahead and get some tires probably because we almost went off the highway. And, uh, but, you know, I've got them wires sticking out. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I'm not going to change my tires till after squirrel season. You know how many squirrels I get with them wires sticking out my tires? <laughs> I mean, you ought to see the roadkill I get. Man, go back. There's, if you see me picking something off the road, it's fresh. So don't <laughs> condemn me. Those wires do a good job killing them. But what I'm saying, and you know, maybe, maybe we just allowed too many things to get out of hand when we've been being told now for over 15 years, watch your credit. Watch getting in debt. And so maybe this is a shake-up for us just to watch and see. You know, my oldest boy, he works and he's, he's uh, going to college. And he's got a cell phone and, you know, he's almost 21. He deserves a cell phone. He pays for his own cell phone. But how many of you know that we, we, so many times we have our kids so spoiled and they have to have everything. And if the other kids have it, then we'll get in debt to get it for them. How many of you know that that is time to quit? Well, Daddy, I remember the good old days that, that you used to go, you used to buy us anything we wanted. Yeah, you little spoiled brat, and now those days are past. But these are good days, too, because guess what? Now you get to learn to ride your bicycle to the payphone. <laughs> but, you know, we're always, you know, the good old days. And those, it says those men just stood there, and they just cried and cried. Oh, oh, this ain't no good. We remember how it used to be. We remember how it used to be. And, and you know, the, just the, the past makes us laugh and the future makes us cry. And how many you know God says, oh, that's not the way I want my people. Amen. You don't have to believe that your best days are behind you. You hear me, church? You don't have to believe that your best days are behind you. And listen, there's so much negativity going on. But you know what? There always has been. My wife and I lived on the mission field very beginning back in 82 and 83. We had a group of ministers come, nine of them. They came down there and a lot of things happened to them and different difficulties and different things. And when they were getting ready to leave, uh, one of them looked at the pastor and said, Pastor, what is Cindy and Russell going to do after we're gone? Because they had a lot of trouble while they were there. And they said, what is Cindy and Russell going to do after we're gone? And we kind of looked at each other and later said we thought the same thing. We're going to do what we've always done. We're just going to keep on believing God, keep casting out devils, keep preaching the Word of God. Just because some things happen to some people don't mean it's going to happen to you. What are you going to do after they're gone? Jesus said He'll never leave us or forsake us. Amen. So, here they are crying about the good old days, crying about the temple. Now go with me to the book of Haggai. The book of Haggai. If you need your concordance, go ahead and use it. Look with me in the book of Haggai. 
Haggai chapter 2. They're crying. Oh, oh, we remember Solomon. We remember the glory cloud. Oh, we remember what the temple did look like. And boy, it just doesn't look like it did then. And God sends his word to Haggai the prophet. Haggai chapter 2. I want you to look with me. Verse 3. It says that the word of the Lord came to Haggai. And in verse 3. I want you to listen to this. Haggai chapter 2 verse 3. I still hear pages so we'll give them a chance to get there. You there? It says, Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? How many of you know God knows what we're thinking? How many of you remember the temple in its former glory and how do you see it now? In comparison with it, is this not in your eyes as nothing? Yet now be strong. He says it three times. Be strong. All ye people of the Lord, be strong and work for I am with you. Hey, I'm with you. Doesn't that count for anything? I am with you, says the Lord. You know, Ecclesiastes 7.10 says, Do not say, why were the former days better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Don't be going around saying, you know, the, the, the days behind were better. When we had things the way we had it, it was better. Listen, I want you to know something. The Word of God starts in the beginning. The next book in Zechariah says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Listen to me. God loves new beginnings. And the problem is, is we judge something as an end before we get God's mindset that it's a beginning. The things that's going on in this nation, the things that you're confronting right now, it's not an ending. It's a beginning. Because he says, why are you comparing this thing to the past? I'm about ready to do something. Even though the stones may not look like the stones back then, it's not about what the temple looks like. It's about that I am with you. It's about that I am with you and that I promise I will never leave you or forsake you. Right now, the church is going around talking about it just, you know, it seems like we're left alone. We're all by ourselves. We're going to lose everything. Thing. We're going to end up starving to death. We're going to be dying. This and that. We're talking like it's over. And God is saying, wait a minute. Stop talking like that. Why are you comparing these days to the former days? Don't you know I'm the God of the new beginnings? Don't worry about what it looks like. Don't worry about what it feels like. Just give me a chance to do my work and prove to you and show you that I am with you even to the end of the world. He says in verse 4, Even for a little while, I'm with you. Even for a little while, I'm going to do this in your midst. In other words, he's saying, in a little while, I'm going to shock you. Things your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard, neither entered into the heart of man. I'm getting ready to shock you and blow you away with these things. Zechariah 4.10, do not despise the small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work of Begin. How many of you receive that? Amen. He's doing something. He says, do not fear. Verse 6. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the land. 
And I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of the latter temple. Look at what he's here saying. He says, you're weeping because it doesn't look like much. But let me tell you, it may not look much to you, but the glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Listen, it may not look like much now, but the former is going to be greater than the latter. Stop looking at what you see and say, oh my God, what are we going to do? Listen, I love to read books on revival. And I've got the Word of God here, 66 chapters of miracles, signs and wonders. I've got Abraham, Paul, and all the great men of God, Amy Carmichael. How many have ever heard about Smith Wigglesworth? Rose 21 people from the dead. Walk in a hospital room and pull the IV out of the sick people. Pull them out of the hospital bed. How many ever heard of John G. Lake? They put diseases in his hand and the diseases would die in his hand. How many uh, ever heard of, uh, of uh, the Welch Revival? And, and what, uh, Brennan and all the great evangelists who would peel cancer off of the skin. And you read all these stories and, and these books and so many more. And you go, oh, I would have loved to have been in the day of Smith Wilkersworth. Oh, if I could have just been in one of his meetings. If I could have been in one of the meetings of Walter Brennan and just seen him pull that person with his knee in their back and cause them to walk straight again. Oh, if I could have just seen the, the uh, cancer being peeled off of their face. Oh, if I could have just seen when Smith Wilkersworth told that man who didn't have a foot to go buy some shoes. And when he put the nubs of his feet in those shoes, the feet grew out. Oh, to just have lived in those days. And God starts saying like he says then, why are you crying for the former days? Don't you know that what those men of God and women of God did, I am able to still do. Don't you go around. Don't you go around saying, oh, I wish I would have been in the revival in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s. I tell you what, I thank God that we're going to see the revivals in the years 2000. I Listen. I read those books and I get excited. Man, I would, man, I've gone to hospitals and thought, Lord, you want me to put the tubes out? No, Russell, don't pull the tubes out. I tried to raise the dead one time in Argentina, and I went in the morgue. It was just me and the dead person. The wife wanted me to go see him. And when I went to reach over to pull the sheet off of the bed, my, my elbow hit some styrofoam and scared me. <laughs> if the dead would have rose, I would have took off. I might have died. <laughs> but even the church... Oh, if we would have walked in the days of Jesus. We are walking in the days of Jesus. He said, I am with you. And so many times, you know, ain't nothing happening in our church. I remember the laughter revival with Reinhard Bunke. Oh, I remember when we used to fall and everybody was laughing. I guess the pastor lost the anointing because ain't nobody falling out laughing anymore. I remember when everybody used to fall out. Oh, I remember when we were in revival. I wonder what happened to the pastor. But let me tell you something. He's saying, don't look for me in a movement. Just look for me and let me manifest as I sovereignly will. 
Because the movements have come and the movements have gone. And I was part of the laughter revival. I used to laugh. I busted buttons laughing so hard. I prayed for people and they busted buttons laughing. And I'm not saying it don't happen once in a while. It still happens once in a while. But I don't go to church saying, now God, we've got to have laughter today. He says, oh, so you're going to make the agenda for service today. Now God, we've got to see gold fall from the sky today. You know, we've got to see. You know, what if it had been in the Old Testament? They would have said, God, if you don't send fire, you don't get no sacrifice. Hello! You sent fire for Elijah and you sent fire for Solomon. But I'm not lighting this, baby. you got to send your own fire. God says, I know who I'm burning today. <laughs> Are you with me, church? Oh, if we could have lived in those days. I want to live today. But pastor, listen to the news. No, listen to the good news. He says, I'm going to do something in your days that's going to just shock your socks off. I'm going to do something in your days that's going to blow you away. You keep saying, oh, if I could live. No, thank God you live it. You are this generation. But I don't see nothing. That's what God is doing. It don't look like much. But he says the latter rain is going to be greater than the former. And I'm going to take the former rain and the latter rain and I'm going to bring it all together. Listen, we are getting ready to march to some of the most marvelous days on this earth. Do you hear me? But I want you to see, it says, my spirit, say with me, my spirit. spirit. He he, he says, he's with you. He says, listen, you're trying to put me behind the curtain, but your father's had me as a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. You're wanting to stuff me back in the closet where I want to be the God in you. Stop putting me in a mindset and let me be God. Let me be God in your situation and your circumstance. But I want, I want to show you something here. It says in verse 6, once more in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth. I will shake the land. I will shake the nations. And they shall, then shall come the desire of all the nations. And I will fill this temple with my glory. The glory of the temple will be greater than the former. And I will give this place peace. Listen to this. He says, I'm going to shake. Do you know in Matthew chapter 2, verse 3, it says that when baby Jesus was born, it says that Herod and all of Jerusalem trembled at the noise, at the mention that Jesus was born. The Word of God says that when Jesus died upon the cross, the sun refused to shine, the earth quaked, and the rocks rent. Listen. The closer Jesus gets, the more shaking that goes on. And I want to show you something. We keep saying, oh, man, how many know there's a shaking going on right now? But I want you to look at the last part of chapter 3 of Haggai. Look at chapter 3, verse 13. And Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke to the Lord uh, and to the people saying, I am with you, says the Lord. And it says in verse 14, so the Lord, what did he do? So the Lord, what in verse 14? So he what? 
He, he answered and said, and he, and he says, so the Lord stirred up the spirit. Does your Bible say that? Verse 14, Haggai chapter 1, verse 14. What did I say? Well, we're not there yet. Chapter 1. <laughs> you were right. Chapter 1, verse 13. I'm the Lord. It says in verse 14, so the Lord stirred up the spirit. And it goes on to say a second time, and the spirit of Joshua, he stirred up the spirit of Joshua and the spirit of the remnant of the people. And they came and worked in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. And listen to me, listen to me. It says in chapter one, he stirred the people up. And in chapter two, he shook the nations up. And if you go on and read in Hebrews chapter 12, he says "Ah, in the latter times, in chapter 12, the last part of chapter 12 of the book of Hebrews, he says in the last days, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken. And that which stands is going to be of me, says the Lord. So I started praying about this. And, you know, I was called, if you want to title this message, it's called stir and shake. Because you know what? He says, if my people will start stirring themselves up, then when the church starts getting mature and when the church starts getting beautified and when the the church starts getting strong, the stronger the church goes, the more shaking the nations are going to go. You know, we start saying judgment starts in the house of God and then judgment goes into the nation. There's a lot of shaking going on in the nations. But I believe it's because the church is doing more praying, more war, more battles. It's got more understanding and more knowledge now than it's ever done before. There is prayer meetings going 24-7 all over the United States of America. There are more people speaking up shouting, hollering, fasting, preaching. There are more people saying, I don't care about material things. I don't care about being known. I don't care about a reputation. I just care about the gospel being preached around the world and the truth being exalted. There are so many people, when the church starts stirring itself up, then the nations start shaking. The devil starts getting scared. The devil... I looked it up in a concordance, and it said that the more the church grows, the stronger the shaking grows in the world. So you say, what's happening to the world now? Judgment? No. According to the Word of God, the church is slowly waking up. There's the presence of the church of the latter rain. Waking up with the Spirit of the Lord, being strong in this hour, saying no to the devil, no to sin, no to fame, no to compromise, and yes to the Spirit of God. I believe that what we are seeing is a revelation that there is a stirring up in the body of Christ around the world. You know, they may be talking about the bankruptcy around the world, but do you know that there are thousands getting saved a day around the world? You know, no matter what they say about Iran, do you know there are more people getting saved in Iran today than last year? Do you know God is doing some marvelous, awesome things because we are stirring ourselves up? The Word says in the book of Acts, they were warned, don't you speak in this name. 
They went back and they prayed and the place was shaken. Listen, the church is being shaken because the church is getting stirred up. And as the church gets stirred up, the finances are going to be shaken. The nations are going to be shaken. Politics are going to be shaken. What we believe in is going to be shaken. As we start stirring ourselves up and we start praising and magnifying God and we don't go by listening. I don't worry what CNN, CBS or anybody else says. I'm just going to listen to what the Word of God says. And He says, fear not! for my spirit is with you and there's a stirring that God is wanting to do in each and every one of us Sunday night's crowds have started growing again Wednesday night crowds have started growing again intercession on Tuesday night has started growing again why? because there's a stirring up there's a fervency in some priests of the Lord who are sensing the time is now the time is now to start standing in the gap the time is now to fast and pray the time is now to take a stand and boycott and battle and say we're not going to stand for this and that and the other. That there are things that are happening now in the church that has never happened before. And the government and the church, there's judgment that has started in the church. Ministry after ministry after ministry has been found wanting, have been found in sin because there is a stirring going on. But praise God, God is getting to a core of no name, nameless, humble men and women of God who are standing up and saying, God, we just want a move of the Holy Ghost. We just want to see you matter. Manifest in our midst. He says, I'm getting ready to do something. I'm going to send more anointing, more power, more glory, more joy, more opportunities. Do not fear. Just get stirred up. The word stirred in the Hebrew means to rouse, to awaken, to excite, to raise up, to incite, uh, to arouse, to action, to open one's eyes. It's used 75 times in the Old Testament. The eagle stirring up its nest. And listen to this. The word to stir up speaks of the musical instrument in the book of Psalms. That there's a, a worship that is arising, that is being birthed. And the travail is Mary giving birth to Christ that's going to bring the glory, that's going to bring the atmosphere of angels. How many of you know God is saying, fear not? Fear must go, discouragement must go, because it's going to be according to my word and according to my spirit as I so desire. How many of you believe God that? Now quickly, I want to end, I want to give you some scriptures to stand on in these days. Write these down. Last week I gave you Isaiah 51, 12 through 13. Talks about, hey, I know where the oppressor is, and I'm not going to allow the oppressor to have any power over you. But let me give you some scriptures right quick. Because I tell you, there is so much talk, there is so much negativity. I mean, listen, you, you want to know what this country's like? We're getting ready to vote for a man that they're already saying is going to die. At the beginning, they used to say, well, if we put McCain in, what if he dies? But now they're saying, if he dies, you know, what is she going to do? They're killing the man. Listen, he survived prison. He has survived cancer. But since he's 73 years old or whatever, 71, 73, he's, we'll put him in prison while he's saying his oath. <laughs> they got him dying. And then Senator Obama, he's got Biden. And Biden, his right-hand man, well, I wouldn't want him behind my back. He's saying he's going to be present for six months and he's going to be tried and tried and tried. We're going to have to see how he handles it. Boy, I tell you, they don't even believe in each other. They're killing people before they can even be voted on. But we've got an everlasting kingdom that's going to stand. And I've got some word for you. Listen to this. Just write these down because I'm going to go through them quickly. 
Matthew 28, 18. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Proverbs 3, 26. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being talking, taken. Hebrews, I mean, uh, Mark eleven twenty two. Have faith in God. Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? Hebrews 11, 1. Faith is the confidence. Somebody shout out confidence. Confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Actually happen. Do you believe that what you're believing God is going to actually happen? I do. It gives assurance about things we cannot see. Verse 3. By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. You can read in Hebrews chapter 18. Verse 9, in the message translation, it says, and Sarah says, My husband's body's old and dead. How can anything good come out of him? But he had a baby. Listen to what he goes on to say. Revelation 3, 7. Listen, people are saying, boy, this is going to happen to the church. That's going to happen to the body of Christ. Listen to this. Revelation 3, 7. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. That means he's the keeper of the key. And what Jesus has set out to accomplish, he is going to accomplish. And what he's going to accomplish, he's going to accomplish by spirit through his church. Do you hear me? Now listen to this. Job 42 verse 2. I'm convinced you can, you can do anything and everything and nothing and no one can upset your plans. Job said that about God. Listen to Psalms 33:11. But the plans of the Lord stand firm in the purpose of his heart through all generations. Listen, the purpose of his heart through all generations. That means our generation, your generation, the next generation, until Jesus comes back. Every generation, no matter what is happening on this earth, God is going to still be accomplishing his plans and his purposes. Says in Psalms 138, verse 8, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Proverbs 19:21. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Somebody shout out the Lord's purpose. The Lord's purpose. That prevails. Listen, some of you might have been like me. When I was 14 years old, I was reading a book about mission, the mission field. And as I was reading this book about the mission field, the Lord started dealing with me. I wanted to be an Air Force pilot. He started dealing with me about being a missionary. I said, oh, God, the kids are going to make fun at me at school. I don't want to be a missionary. No, I won't be a missionary. And we were riding to a church one night, and I was in the front seat with Mom and Dad. And I was sitting there, and I said, no, Mom and Dad, I don't know. For some reason, I feel like God is calling me to the mission field. And they just smiled. Never told me, oh, please, yes or no. They just smiled. Got to church that night. I sat on the back row like a few of y'all are doing right now. I was sitting back there, and on the back row, the Spirit of God came on me, and I started shaking. I grabbed the chair in front of me, and I was just shaking. And the preacher got through, Brother Ott Burns, and he called me up. He says, son, come up here. And I was crying. I came up there, stood in front of him, and he says, the Lord showed me that you're like a walnut. But he says to you, son, that you're fighting him, and it looks like a walnut, but God's got a hammer in his hand. And he says, I'm going to crush you, and you're going to yield to my will. 
And right there, I raised my hands. I said, Lord, I'll serve you. And for over 18 years, we served him on the mission field. Listen, his plans and his purposes will not go unfulfilled. You need to stand on that right now, and you need to tell the devil. I don't care what the x-rays, what the blood type. I don't care the divorces. I don't care the, the, the uh, ner- nervous breakdown. I don't care what people have done to me, what not done to me. I don't care what I'm addicted to, not addicted to. I don't care what's going on. I'm in church today because there is something I may be addicted to but it's not going to stop me fulfilling the plans and purposes of God because I may have to fight this I may cry I may bleed I may weep I may be locked up for a while to get through whatever I'll get through but lock me up because when I get in there I'm going to learn to praise God and God's going to come down in His glory and the shackles are going to fall off the doors are going to open the prison's going to shake and then I'm going to get out of here and shake the world the purposes. I don't care what happens to Wall Street, Main Street, Bourbon Street. I don't care what happens to any place. The plans and the purposes of God will be fulfilled. I've had witches and sorcerers. I've had people come in here. People send me letters. People call me. People curse me and say, this church will never make it. Well, baby, it's going to be nine years. It is nine years old next weekend. And when I, when God told me to stay here, I didn't want to leave Argentina. But when I came here, there was sometimes only eight people. It didn't look very good. I'd be in the shower. I was saying, God, why are you punishing me? I don't understand what I'm going through. There's only a few people and there's churches everywhere. What is going on? He says, my plans and my purposes will not be stopped. Don't you stop them. If you don't stop them, I won't stop. What I've got, I've got things planned for you. And we had a little video building. It was thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. Some old green carpet. It just looked like it was falling to pieces. The roof was falling down in the Sunday school rooms. I mean, it was just horrible. But we started praying. And God moved us to the club. Then He moved us here. He paid for the land. He paid for this building. Because if we don't let what people tell us, and they say, they say, Pastor, why don't you write a book? How did you build this church? I don't know how this church was built. All I know is God built it. God built it. Because everybody, everybody wants to write a new book. How I built my ministry debt free. And how I did this and how I did that. And they say, well, how did you do it? I still don't know. I'd be outside with a shovel. Somebody come give a $40,000 check. And then another one. A widow gave 40000 And then this and that and the other. And the money come in, come in. Then we built this. $300,000. Paid cash. I mean, God just kept on and on and on. Why? Because His plans and purposes will not be stopped. I am here. You are here. You are alive today. You're hearing this message today. Because God is saying, quit meditating on the good old days. And stir yourself up for the days that are coming. The former and the latter rain. Listen to Proverbs 21.30. There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. Did you hear that? There is no wisdom, no insight, and no plan that can succeed against the Lord. Isaiah 14.24. The Lord Almighty has sworn... Surely, as I have planned, so will it be. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. 
Isaiah 14, 27. For the Lord Almighty has purposed and who can stop him? His hand is stretched out and who can turn it back? Isaiah 46, 10. I make known the end from the beginning, from the ancient times, what it still is to come. I say, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. My purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. In other words, there is no nation. There is no nations. That can stop the plan of God. There are no men. No spirits. No devils. That can stop the plan of God. There is no economic failure. And there is nothing planned. From hell or on earth. That can stop the plan of God. There is no sickness. That can stop the healing. There is no curse. That can stop the blessing. There is no hate. That can stop the love. And there is no sin. That can stop the forgiveness. And the mercy of God. Nothing. Can stop. The plans. And the purposes of God. So don't you buy in. To what they're telling you on the TV. You buy in what God is saying in his word. Listen, you think God was surprised with Dark Monday or whatever it was? You think He was surprised with all these things that are happening? The Russians in the Gulf, Iran, North Korea. You think He's surprised about all of this? No. He's just showing there's something strong on the earth and it's called my church. I've got my chosen and my remnant who are praying and who are crying out to me. They are stirring and exciting themselves up. Oh, bless God, I'm not going to get in the down and outs. I'm not going to get in the doom and gloom. I'm not even going to talk it. I'm not even going to talk about the former days. I'm going to talk about that which is coming. You know, I could tell story after story about Central America and South America. I could tell about the healings and the miracles and some things I've said. But you know what? There's just something inside of me. I just can't spend a whole lot of time talking about what we've seen in the past because I'm not living there anymore. Right now, we are in Rapids Parish. We are in Central Louisiana. We are reaching over 16 nations monthly in support and there are people, men and women of God being raised up with the knowledge of the Word of God. We are getting into the paper. We're getting into politics. We're getting into different areas with the truth of the Word of God not compromising. And I wouldn't want to be any other place at any other time but right now proclaiming the Word of God and the truth of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. We are right now to fight the devils of this area, overcome the devils of this area and decree the good news of the gospel. It doesn't matter who was in front of L.C. boycotting. It doesn't matter what the government's trying to do. I tell you what, if all these things rise up, it's just to show you that Jesus is moving on the earth and making devils mad. He's going to break everything. He's going to shake every denomination. He's going to shake every ministry. He's going to shake everything that can be shaken so that when it comes through and you've been shaken about your feet up and you're just shaking you shaking you. There's not going to be nothing left except you know my Redeemer living. Woo! Go ahead and stand up and praise Him. Go ahead and stand up and praise Him. Go ahead and stand up and praise Him. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! 
Now listen. In the word, it says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. I've already given you over 12 scriptures. Now, that was only for the face of the devil. Now for the back of the devil. Job 4 verse 2. I know that you can do all things. Jeremiah 32, 17. O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth, and by your great power and outstretched arm, nothing is too difficult for you. Jeremiah 32, 27. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Luke 18, 27. What is impossible with man is possible with God. Now, right now, I want you to raise your hands. You've heard the Word of God. That no plan or purposes of God can be defeated or destroyed for the will of God coming to your life. Now, it doesn't matter what you have been hooked, incarcerated, bound by. There is no condemnation because He loves you and He wants to free you. He freely gives His gift of mercy and grace. If you're here today and you feel like your life has no purpose, if you don't know what the plan is for your life, He's the one who has a book written about you even from your mother's womb. If you're here today and you say, I have, my life is purposeless, I have no reason to live. If you're here today and you know your life is not right with Christ, but yet you may feel that there are so many issues that are holding you back, I want you right now to raise your hand real high. Just everybody put their hands back down right quick. And I want you to raise your hand saying, I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I want His plan and purpose fulfilled in my life. I don't want nothing holding me down or holding me back anymore. I believe today that my future is better than my past. If that's you, raise your hand right there where you are. Anyone at all, raise your hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else, raise your hand. God bless you, young man, I see that. God bless you. There's another young man, I see that. Anyone else today? Anyone else today? Raise your hand real high so we can see it. Anyone at all? I'm not allowing anything to hold me back anymore. I call on the mercy of God. Anyone at all? Anyone else? If you raise your hand, come up here and let us pray with you. Come right now. Let us pray with you. Those who raised their hand, come. There was at least three hands that I saw. Come. 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 There was two, two young men that raised their hands. Come and let us pray with you. Christians, pray. Pray, Christians. Pray. Come. This is not... He says, if you will acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father. Come, come stand right here. Come stand right here. God bless you. God bless you, sweetheart. There was two young men who raised their hand. Come, come. Come stand with us. Come stand with us. Let us pray with you for your purpose and for your plan. Come. Come. You can have somebody come with you like these did. Have somebody come with you, but come and let us pray with you. Whoever you are, come, come. Come, 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 come and receive deliverance today. Come and receive salvation today. 
come and allow the working of God to go in your, in your life. There were two other young men who raised their hands. I don't want to embarrass you. Christians pray. Christians pray. Pray. Jesus. 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 You ready for the plan of God? You ready for God's purpose in your life? Have you accepted Him before? You've never accepted Him before. Put your hands upon your heart. And you to repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me with your precious blood. Make me whole. Deliver me. And free me for your purpose. Lord Jesus, I surrender my life for you today. Take my life and all that I am. I give it to you now. In Jesus' name. Thank you that you're my Savior. Jesus! Father, I thank you for this young lady. Lord, you saw her tears and you heard her heart. I thank you that you have received her. All guilt, all hurt, all pain right now. Loose this child. I say in the authority of the name of Jesus, the pain and the hurt, the rejection. The trauma she's just been through, whatever it's been, I say in the name of Jesus, all the effects of it, loose her right now and let her go right now. The pain and the hurt. Someone broke your trust. I speak healing to you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, bless this daughter of God. And Lord, I thank you that your purpose and plan for her shall be fulfilled. Receive the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, let's give the Lord praise. Is that right on? Okay. You know her? She's my baby. She's my baby. That was right on? Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. Let's give the Lord praise. Magnify Him. Glorify Him. Glorify Him. Glorify Him. All bondages must be broken. All hindrances be down, bound. Come on, stir it up in you right now. Stir it up in you right now. Stir it up in you right now. Go ahead and glorify the Lord. Go ahead and glorify the Lord. Ho! Ho! Woo! It doesn't matter what it looks like now. We're not looking at the now. We're looking at the future. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. I am looking at my future. And the plans and the purposes of God. Now listen to me. I'll tell you another thing. It is time for you to be bold and strong. That whoever has put you down lied to you and told you you don't have a future and told you that your past has defeated your future 
and has told you that there is no way that God or anybody else could ever use you or help you, and whoever has hurt you, whoever has manipulated you, whoever in the past has used you, you need to go ahead and break that off of you right now. You need to tear it off of you right now that I am not going to stay underneath those hindrances anymore. Because what man has meant for evil, God is turning it in to the former and the latter reign. You need to say, there's nothing stopping me anymore. There's nothing stopping us anymore. We're going to go forward. We're going to get happy. We're going to get the joy of the Lord. We're going to see these things broken. And we're going to see, we're going to see the kingdom of God established here on this earth. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I think you're about to ready to make some devils mad. You're getting ready to make some devils mad. You're ready to get ready to stir some stuff up. You know what? You know what happened today? We walked on the enemy's turf. We walked on into the enemy's turf. Yeah! You felt something going on? You felt some anger? You felt some this? You felt some that? It was just the enemy just trying to bully you. Saying, you just don't need to listen to that. He ain't talking about you. Hey, the Word of God was written about me. The Word of God, I have an inheritance. And you walked on the enemy's turf today, and you looked at the devil, and you say, Devil, I am not afraid. The Lord is with me. I'm not scared of the future. I'm expectant of the future. It is my confidence. Woo! Hallelujah. And listen, if you've been attacked real hard lately, it's just because you must be shaking something up. You're just shaking something up. You're just shaking something up. Because, you know, it was only with God's best that God told Lucifer, you considered my servant Job? The devil only considers those that makes the devil scared. The saints that make the devil considered are the saints that are going to defeat the devil and receive the glory of God in the end times. That's what's happening. Yeah! 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 So glory to God. You've gotten the scriptures. He's our God. We win. If you're going through something, look at you and say, I'm just in a new beginning. I'm just in a new beginning. I don't care if you're 99 years old. You're in a new beginning. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we love you. Tonight, 6 o'clock, we've got a special DVD, a new one for you to stir you up some more. Won't you hear? 6 o'clock. 